Welcome back everyone to the Miss Art World podcast. I am your host, Miss Art World, and today we are going to chat a little about the wrap-up of the LA Art Show. I did a performance there and I did a podcast about kind of what I was going through uh, during installation and right before the performance. And I did promise to come back and tell you how it went. So if you're not interested, you know, feel free (laughs) to skip this episode um, and wait until the next one when we're going to be interviewing Sourdough, which I'm really excited about. He's awesome. I was on his podcast. He has a um, podcast called Not Real Art. But he also has his second annual art conference coming up. Really excited to be able to interview him and chat a little bit about the speakers and the lineup for the conference. It sounds amazing. So if you're interested, please visit um, Not Real Art Art Podcast on Instagram. They also have a website or you can visit our Instagram, Miss Art World Podcast, and I will have that information on there for you. I'm actually going to go to the conference. They're doing a Friday night exhibit uh, with female artists uh, that's all about girl power, and then Saturday is a full day of the art conference. So look that up. Um, I don't think tickets are that expensive, and they did sell out last year, so heads up. That will be our next episode. For this episode, I'm going to chat about the LA Art Show. And really what I want this episode to be about is uh, I want to share and be totally honest with everything that I was able to learn from this experience. This was my first time working with an art fair. And there are a lot of things I learned. Of course, every artist is going to have a different experience, but... If I can share with you any piece of advice or, you know, what I went through to help you when you get this chance, because you will, uh, to work with an art fair, um, I hope this helps you in some way. So, overall, the experience was amazing. It was super stressful. And I'm just very grateful for the gallery that I've been working with, Gallery 825, which is a nonprofit art gallery. And that's rare for art fairs. Um, most of the time, you will be working with a commercial gallery. But for this nonprofit that I work with, they are a part of a uh, programming section called Diverse Art LA. And they get to. Normally, they do an exhibit where they are showcasing uh, different artists, Um, but this year they wanted to do a performance, so they had a call for performance artists. Um, If you want to learn more about that process, about the process of how I got involved, um, the last, not the last episode, but the episode before that talks about about that. But during the LA Art Show, it was interesting. What I wish I would have done is write down all the questions that I had beforehand and then sit down, like truly sit down with the gallery director and the curator um, 
and just go through my questions. I have a really hard time with, I don't want to be a pester. I don't want to be a bother. I want to be an artist that's super easy to work with so that they want to work with me again. And sometimes I think that bites me in the ass, to be truly honest, because I haven't asked certain questions that if I knew the answer to, um, it would have helped me in the long run. And ultimately, asking a question or asking several questions won't leave them a bad taste in their mouth. It's when you ask way too many questions and you're to the point where it's questions that are wasting their time. Like if they've already answered these questions or whatnot. But next time I'm working with a gallery director or a curator, I'm going to have a list of questions prepared. I'm going to ask other people for questions that I might not be able to think of and not worry too much about being a bug when I'm trying to plan things out. Also, I, I need to, as an artist, tell them what I need. I have a hard time doing that too. I just want to be so accommodating. And I have to remember as the artist that I, I should be accommodating. I want to be accommodating. But there's also things that I need from them. So I know I'm talking in very generic terms. But one thing that I needed to know is way ahead of time is the installation time, the deinstallation time. Um, I feel like when, when a gallery checks in or maybe they've done this for several years, they already have this information. I didn't know any of that until maybe a week beforehand. And so then it was kind of a, a scrambling. I also didn't realize that no one would be at the booth for the entire week. Um, and so I had video going on and I had to figure out a way to get the video to play when I wasn't there. And in hindsight, I really just should have taken the entire week off work. Um, knowing that no one would be at the space, I should have done that so that I could be at the space so that I could be engaging the public because there was a lot that was lost since no one was there to, to tell the public what this was about. I didn't have enough signage. I, I had a small sign. I was in all the program books, but it's really different when you're able to talk to people to tell them exactly about the project. And so I, I know for art fairs, all of them vary. And they're all different, and it really depends on the gallery that you're working with. I know at Basel, Art Basel in Miami, galleries don't want the artists there. Which I find interesting because at the LA Art Show, we ran into four or five different artists that were literally in their booths with the gallery that was representing them, talking to people, engaging with people, and I really enjoyed that. I always like meeting the artists. It definitely... What's the word? It, it definitely influences whether or not I like the artwork or dislike the artwork. If I dislike the artist, I will not buy their artwork, even though I might have really liked it before meeting them and vice versa. So 
for me that helps meeting the artist maybe that's a smart thing for the Miami art show not to do if they just have a bunch of terrible personalities but uh, you know I it's fascinating to hear directly from the creator of the piece a couple issues that I particularly had and this would be different for every single artist but I was I think because we're not paying to be there um, I was kind of in the back in the back corner and I was right next to these huge doors that would open and close for when they were bringing in large artwork and uh, when they were bringing in lifts and ladders and so when I got there on Wednesday yeah I think it was Wednesday for installation um, we had already put up the TV and um, they said oh the TV when we're mounting it they are typical walls they have studs in there thank goodness for my brother Samuel who came to help me install the TV. He had a stud finder. He was able to put it up, but the way that the walls were built, that he was only able to put the TV on one set of studs when you should be putting it on two, but there weren't as many studs in the wall that than what we were thinking that they were gonna be. So that was a great question that I should have had ahead of time. Not sure if anyone would have been able to answer my questions. There was a lot of times when I had a question and they didn't know or they would get back to me or I would get an answer and I would get a different answer from somebody else. I think an art show is very different than a gallery show when there's a lot of people involved and it's very hectic and if you've ever put on an event it's very stressful and the last thing that you care about is a artist that is making you no money. So um, got the TV up, came back the next day and my TV is connected to my computer because I needed to run the slideshow with all of the different videos for the people who were going to be walking in the fashion show. Unfortunately, everything was set up the next the day before and then when I got there, it had all been unplugged. So not only my computer but the audio system that the LA Convention Center was providing me was also unplugged. And the only plug available was the plug that was now covered by these huge doors. And so my whole task for that morning was to sit down, finish up um, some editing, finish up the PowerPoint, make sure that everything was in order and numbered and just basically work on my computer while I was there and test the technology and I couldn't get to the plug. So called the curator. She said, oh, you have to go to this uh, back section and put in a work order. And I said, okay, um, I will go do that. Went to the station, said, hey, I had power yesterday, but now the doors are in the way. How can I get power? I, I need it to work on my computer. And they said, oh, no, you have to go talk to this other company. 
and it was a the power company that the LA Art Show I think hires and they said oh well we don't have a payment from you guys like your booth didn't pay for power so you don't get power and oh okay crap like I need power and so I called the curator um and she said yeah that that's what you have to do uh I texted the gallery director I'm like hey this uh I didn't know I was gonna pay 350 dollars for power I'm gonna do it because I freaking need power but um, no, no real answer from him. Uh, paid for power. The power company said, yeah, we'll get to you when we get to you, basically. And when I was walking back to my booth, I ran into um, one of the women that was in charge of the whole event. And she asked me how everything was going. I said, well, I'm, I'm having some issues with power. I'm waiting for the power company to come. She said, oh, no, 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 um, you have power. And I said, yeah, I did yesterday, but now it's being blocked by these doors. And so I had to wait maybe 45 minutes, and then she got them to close the doors. I plugged in everything. I started working. I got maybe an hour of work done. And they come back and say, oh, no, no, we have to open the doors again to get these lifts out. I said, if you open these doors, I have to literally unplug everything again. And they said, no, sorry, uh, we're unplugging you. Um, We got to open the doors. So they opened up the doors, waited a half hour. They're huge doors. They closed them again, plugged in all my stuff again. At this point, it's Wednesday. So my first performance is Wednesday night at 7. And I'm, I'm freaking out a little bit. I'm very irritated. I'm like, hey, I... Didn't know I was going to be <laughs> charged, you know, $300. Uh, didn't know it was going to be so freaking hard to be able to get power to my booth that I've now paid for. Um, not even sure if the power company ever actually came because the power system never changed. It was still the same plug that was covered by the door at times. Um, and so that was just one issue that I wish I would have clarified way ahead of time about power, about any additional costs. The curator eventually said that I wasn't supposed to pay for power. And then I said, okay, great. Like, can I get a refund? She said, call the company. The company said, hell no, everyone's supposed to pay for power. (laughs) I went back to the curator, told her what they said and asked if there was something that could be done and literally nothing has been done and I have made the choice as an artist to eat the cost because I could throw a bitch fit and uh, with the gallery and with the curator and with the director honestly is it worth it is it worth throwing a fit about it and then having this you know bad taste in their mouth about working with me I think it was just really a miscommunication with every in every corner so I'm eating that cost and taking it as a hard uh, life lesson to make sure I'm asking for not only power but like is there any additional costs for participating in this show that I need to know about ahead of time 
you know, how much is parking going to be? Do I get free parking as the artist? Do I get free entry? Um, they, the gallery asked, um, about badges. Um, and so they said, oh, Catherine gets a badge and her husband gets a badge, not knowing that these badges were, were for installation. And my husband actually wasn't going to be there for installation. I was going to bring in my brother Samuel, who helped me throughout the whole week. Um, and they there was some issue with giving him a badge. So just asking, like, hey, what are these badges for would be helpful. Can I get more than one? Because I had him coming. I had my photographer coming, which was my brother as well. Um, I had my DJ coming to help me with audio. Uh, another issue that I had, and some of these issues, like, I wouldn't have been able to know that they were going to be an issue until it was happening. And all you can do after that is control how you react. So, got it's right before the performance, we've tested the audio and the system several times. Everything's working. Everything looks great. We got everyone lined up. We start the performance. It's a little bit early in the night for the performance. There's not a whole lot of people in the audience, but you know, we said we would start it and we start on time. So people are walking down the runway and the whole idea is that their video is playing their video interview is playing, the music is in the background, and they're walking down the runway. So listening to the audio is really important piece of this performance. And the audio system that wasn't mine, that was the LA Art Shows, kept cutting out, kept completely dropping sound. And then we would have to stop the performance and the whole idea was that it was a fast-paced performance. We'd have to stop the performance, wait until the audio system kicked in again. So the audio guy would come. He would, I don't know if he actually did anything or if he just looked like he was trying to do things. And it would kick back up and then it would go down again and then kick back up and then it would go down again. That, that was something that I had no control over. Maybe should have, in the future, just bring in my own equipment. I don't have an audio system, so that would have been another expense to rent equipment for the show. But that way I would have had full control of the equipment because I didn't, I hadn't, I didn't know the system. I didn't know how to use it. I didn't know what, how it worked. Um, and so... That was disappointing, mainly because I was the only one that knew that it wasn't my audio system and we had done everything that we could have done to, to test it and prevent it. But honestly, to the audience, it was just, you know, what's wrong with this artist? Why is her system not working? This is bad. Um, and I again didn't want to go out there right after the performance and complain like oh it's not my system it's their system so again just trying to control how I reacted to 
a little bit of disappointment. I didn't want to disappoint the people that were in the show because they're giving me their free time to be there and to walk in the runway. And then it just, it felt like, I felt like I was going to be seen as unprofessional because I can't get my audio equipment to work. After that, I did talk to the event producer because she asked me how it went. And I said, ah, it went okay, to be completely honest with you. The audio system kept failing. And she asked why. And I said, I wasn't sure. The audio guy came back a couple times. But, um, and it, she did follow up. The, her follow-up question was, well, did it affect the performance? And I said, yeah, it did affect the performance. She said, actually apologized, which I was surprised um, that she did. And I said, it's, you know, it, it worked out. It turned out great. Excited to be here. Um, and for the next performance on Saturday, I was scrambling because I didn't want to use their audio system. So I reached out to the gallery who said that they had an audio system. My work uh, said I could borrow their audio system. My dad gave me like three sets of different speakers that I had all in my car ready to bring to the LA Art Show. And I get there and the LA Art Show had changed out the audio system completely and given me a new system which was great, but again, I should have asked someone ahead of time, hey, the audio system didn't work, can I get a new audio system that actually works for Saturday? Rather than spending several hours of tracking down audio systems, making some calls, desperately asking for people's help. Um, so on Saturday, the performance worked so smoothly. Uh, another lesson that is completely on me is I should have done a rehearsal. I'm a performance artist. I don't believe in doing rehearsals for performance art because I think it takes away from this raw moment of me as the performance artist experiencing the performance with the audience for the first time. And if a performance is successful or if it fails, that is part of the performance art experience. It's not a play. However, with this performance itself, I have to remember that when I'm working with 50 other people in the performance artist or in the performance art, they aren't performance artists. They are some are artists and some are performance artists, but most were just regular people who had never walked a runway, had never done anything like this before, and would have really benefited from practicing, just doing a run through, walking down the runway, um, and, and practicing. I had sent everyone there videos and said practice walking to this on a 30-foot runway and all of their videos were about 30 to 40 seconds long um, which sounds like a very short time for a 30-foot runway most people walked it in about 20 seconds and then well didn't know what to do and then got off the runway and their interviews were still playing for another 10-15 seconds 
which to a viewer, probably not the most interesting. So I should have really either cut down their interviews to 20 seconds, which was so hard for me to do because they're so fascinating and I wanted to share a little bit about them and a little bit about how they felt about diversity and so cutting the interviews down was really hard. And I guess my lesson here and maybe I'm sharing, I'm trying to share with you is when you're working with other people who aren't artists or who aren't in the field or who don't know your vision in your head, maybe practicing, maybe a rehearsal is for the best for everyone. I had a videographer come on Wednesday who filmed everyone walking the runway. And so while editing the video, I used when they were walking on the runway and then put in a close-up shot of their interview when they were off the runway. So that worked out pretty nicely. Um, but you could definitely tell the people who were comfortable on the runway versus the people who just uh their nerves got to them and they kind of ran and ran out and maybe more instructions maybe a rehearsal two hours ahead of time okay walk down the runway I didn't want to give them too much instruction because I didn't want them to feel like I wanted them to be models or or anything like that however having them go down the runway and then practice stopping, you know, stop here, stop here, stop here, mainly just so that the photographers could take a few pictures of them because all of them wanted pictures at the end, but some of them were dancing the whole time they were walking on the runway. So literally I had no good pictures of them because they were all blurry. Um, so that was a, a great lesson Another lesson that I um, learned, or maybe not learned, but another issue was uh, the, the power system again um, came back the next day after the Wednesday performance and my computer had been unplugged and replugged in again. I wasn't planning to be there on Thursday because I didn't take that whole week off of work. I had to go to work for a meeting. And the curator called me around two, maybe even three, and said that the TV wasn't playing and that they were getting complaints, which meant that for the entire day, the TV hadn't been playing, which is a huge loss and a huge loss in opportunity for people to see the project. And so I, I, I literally couldn't have left so I had to call my brother Samuel ask, desperately asked him can you please go and turn on the computer turn on the TV and he was able to do that and figure it out for me um, I, I do think something at this scale if you're doing something crazy big hiring someone or just having a designated person to help you throughout the whole week is really handy. I'm very thankful that my older brother, um, he's working, but he makes his own hours. So when I called him, he said, I don't leave the gym 
for anybody, but I'm going to leave the gym for you. Overall, it was a great experience. I think most issues when it comes to all issues in life boils down to communication. I'm not a very good communicator, and I don't ever want to be that artist that is a bug, that is a bother, that is a pest. However, I need to figure out that balance between not being the pest, but being then too passive or too submissive or not being aggressive enough to where I need to ask the right questions. And we we had several phone conversations. I thought I had everything boiled down. Um, I sent them a layout of how I wanted the walls and the carpet. And when I got there, they were not what we had agreed upon. It ended up working out just fine, but it was definitely, um, you know, okay, take this information and pivot. And really, you have to be able to do that as an artist, too. There are going to be so many different gallery shows and performance places I will work with that they just, my vision, I can't communicate what I need in my head or no one can see what I'm visualizing in my head, or if they can, but literally just can't do that. They just don't have the technology or the manpower or the money to help me get exactly what I'm looking for. You have to be able to be flexible with who you're working with. And I think my biggest fear of being the artist that no one ever wants to work with again is because in my professional job I get that a lot actually and it happened at the nonprofit gallery that I worked with at Studio Channel Islands it also happens in my position now where we have artists and they are just so difficult and they're so unwilling to compromise that it really leaves a terrible impression and we will not work with them again because they were so bad and I know that the art world is a very small community when it boils down to it everyone knows everyone and so you never know who you make angry or who you get whose list you get on for never working with again and then how that may affect your career in the long run so that's why I have such a big fear of that but I also need to make sure that I'm sticking that for myself to the point where I can avoid issues and stress Uh, we have an artist that I'm working with for work right now and their contract it's a public arts artist their contract literally took um five months after their our deadline to do the contract which is usually a month we give ourselves a month to work with the artist to figure out the contract they took five months 
because they did not want to compromise on certain key issues. One was their sculpture um, had people sitting on it. And when you have people interacting with an art piece, you then have to have it be ADA compliant, which is when someone in a wheelchair could be able to get to the sculpture. Not that you have to do railings on the sculpture, but they have to be able to get to the sculpture and experience it as fully as possible um, with their disability. So we said, hey, I we know that you want your sculpture to just like appear in the landscape but we need to have a path to it so that someone in the wheelchair can access your sculpture just like everyone else can and so it was a huge compromise and we finally found a path that could blend into the grass it's like this green rubbery path that grass can grow out of but um yeah I not that I have the decision to say, hey, we we will never work with this artist again because I am just a project facilitator and a project manager. The um, Arts Commission and the City Council really chooses the artists that I'm working with. But in my mind, I do not want to work with this artist ever again because throughout this whole process, they have been a nightmare on a variety of different things and so long story short I feel like I'm repeating myself I don't want to be that person I don't want to be that artist that no one ever wants to work with because you never know um, what opportunities you will not be able to get because you've done that I think as far as the art of the LA art show um, it was a great experience. I would love to know other people's experiences with the show. Um, I've heard, after talking to several different artists and different galleries, I've heard mixed reviews. Um, some people are super happy with it. Some people have um, complaints. And um, there's one girl, one artist, that I really want to get um, an interview with, just to hear her side of it. Um, but I would love to hear the artists who are participating in the LH, LA Art Show in different ways. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So let me know. So that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, I did want to share with you an art story that I was reading the other day. And I don't have uh, the information in front of me. But I thought this is a great... I guess this podcast is like a lessons podcast. This is a great life lesson for artists to um, know about. So this artist who is in California, he had a gallery reach out to him and say that they had seen his work at a show and they loved his work and they literally wanted to buy all these other pieces from him. And he said, okay, great. I'm super excited. He had never really sold anything and this gallery basically wanted to buy his life's work um so he said great I have everything safely stored away in storage up in San Francisco in a storage unit and he went 
to the storage unit to get his pieces that the gallery was wanting to buy and found out that the storage unit had sold his unit because for years he had been paying automatic payment with a debit card, credit card um, for the storage unit and the card you know was replaced or got expired and the storage facility said hey we reached out to you several times we tried calling you we tried emailing you and you never responded and in our contract if you miss you know three months of payments your storage unit will then go up for auction and Honestly, this particular story has not happened to me. However, uh, on my birthday, maybe last year or two years ago, I came home and our apartment had no power. I was, thought it was very strange and walked out to the apartment complex and no one else had this issue. It was just us. And so when I started looking at my account, I hadn't paid it power in three months too and they had turned off our power and they had emailed me um but it was emails that I thought were just hey a reminder we're gonna charge you like same thing I had automatic payment wasn't thinking about it thought it was all taken care of my card had expired same with this guy unfortunately for me it was just paying a couple late fees and then getting power back to my apartment in a few hours no big deal but this artist was so devastated because his life's work was sold at an auction he's lost everything that he's ever made he's an older artist because of this this mistake and and it's on him which is so frustrating and so terrible when you have no one to blame but yourself. And I, same thing with the power. I had no one to blame but myself. They did try and reach out to me. They did warn me, hey, we're going to shut off your power. You need to pay your bills. But I'm just, you have so many other things and you're not even paying attention. You think that's totally taken care of and then boom. You know, you're, the whole world is dark. And I just felt horrible for, for that artist. And so I, I think he's working it out with the gallery. Um, but just uh, try and be aware. If you have a storage unit, if you're paying by automatic payment, just be super careful. And I am not um, observant. I don't pay attention to the details. Don't be me. Pay attention to the details. Or... I know that there's a lot of people that have partners that help them with these kinds of things. Um, if you have that, great. Tyler, my husband, is fantastic, but uh, he doesn't. He's not that person in my in my life. He he doesn't. I I don't want to say that they're coddling people, but he's not my assistant. He's not gonna update my website for me or update my YouTube channel he's that's not the role he plays in my life he plays he's 
helps me in very different ways, but when it comes down to the business side of the art side, he's not that person. And that's okay. But if you have that person, great. And eventually, if I could afford to hire someone, that would be fantastic. But most of us can't. So just be fully aware. And if you have a storage unit, maybe check um, right now. Go online right now and check to make sure that you are making your payments. Because three months will go by fast and you don't want to lose everything in your storage unit that you've ever made. The good thing is... You're the artist and you can make it again. So on that super sad story, I will leave you now. Uh, Look for our next episode with sourdough. It should be a lot more exciting and not so uh, down and complainy. Don't forget to follow us on the Miss Art World podcast Instagram or Facebook. Or check out our website that needs to be updated. And that's on my list of things to do today. always love chatting with you guys. Love you so much. Thank you for all your support.